Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Minister Arthur Burgess, and I'm your host for this evening on the Healing Hour. This is blogtalkradio.com slash Purpose Kingdom Network, and we have a great show for you this evening. I have two special guests, and you know before we get to our special guests, we have to start with the Word of God. So I'm going to ask Elder Alicia Cooper if she could come on. She's going to read our scriptures. She's going to let you know the phone number to call and with the website that we're on, and then we're going to get into our special topic. All right, praise God and that the everything is yours, Alicia Cooper. Proverbs chapter nineteen verses twenty and twenty one says, Hear counsel and receive instruction, that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. There are many devices in a man's heart, nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. We are on blogtalkradio.com. And you can call in at 319-527-6091 if you would like to call in and you would like to ask a question, share a testimony, please press pound one. Again, pound one. This is the Healing Hour. I am your co-host, Elder Alicia Cooper, and I'm going to give it back to Minister Burgess. All right. See, that was beautiful, y'all. All right. So we have another guest. He's been here before. But uh, he, he's kind of like family on the show. The last, the first time he was here, he played it real safe. You know, he had his collar on, he had the good robe on, and he was, he was, you know, he he was kind of quiet. But this, the last time he was on, you know, he he put on the, uh, he was on uh, what you call a uh, pastor dress down, where he had the one button open and the suit jacket on. But this time, I believe. You know, he's ready, and we have an amazing topic. But before we get to our topic, I want to introduce you to uh, Pastor Dr. Christmas. What's going on, Doc? Hey, how you doing this evening? Good evening, everybody. All right. Doc, first, before we get in, let everybody know what church you pastor and, and where you're located. I am the proud senior pastor servant leader of the Shalom Baptist Church uh, on the corner of 10th and Rockland in the Logan section of uh, Philadelphia. Um, I just celebrated my fifth year in May, uh, five years, the number of grace. And thank God for grace who has kept me thus far uh, in pastoring uh, these great people. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to have to use that servant leader. I got to write that down. So yes, so sir. When I preach, when I preach I'm going to put it there, servant leader. <laughs> oh man, it's glad that I'm glad to talk to you, man. It's always a good time in the Lord every time we get together. You know, yes, um, the last show, you know, it was real fun. We had a good time. We talked about, you know, some of our church bombs, some of the, you know, times where we had made some big mistakes preaching and, and how we kind of bounced back and recovered. But with this time, we're having a lighthearted conversation, but we're having a more serious conversation. And this conversation, this topic we're going to have this evening is called uh, Tough Decisions. When you are in leadership, having to make tough decisions. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a minister. I have, I'm, I'm under the leadership of, of, of Pastor John Clark Sr. And, you know, as a minister, I get to watch and see certain things. And I haven't, uh, you know, quite had to make, you know, pastoral decisions, but on a, a lower level of ministerial decisions, there's always a certain decision that we have to make within our integrity and things like that. But, you know, you guys being uh, elders and pastors and Elder Cooper, you are also uh, pastor, pastoring at one point, you know, and know for a fact that you guys have had to make some tough calls, um, even with friends, family members, people you are very close to. Uh, you've had to make some tough calls 
And, you know, right now we're in a state of emergency where we have to make tough decisions. It is just who we are. It is just our job. It comes with the territory. Um, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, when you preaching, it's, it's just, you know, delivering a good word, being creative with your sermons. No, but it is about, uh, you know, we, we are shepherding people's lives. So let's get into it. Let's talk about making tough decisions in leadership. Elder, you want to start us off? Not really. Um, <laughs> I think this. I think this is a a better start off for Doc. I mean, he's the the senior pastor servant leader. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've had my I've had my opportunity to be an interim pastor, but I mean, I, I don't I don't know which this which hard decision you want me to talk about. It's so many. Okay. So all right. So let's let's create a scenario. Because I, I understand, you know, we just talking about this thing. All right, so um, I have a very controversial view on this idea of sitting people down. I uh, just is something that I think it varies per person. I really don't think this is a uh, one size fit all call, but I do feel like. Is it really your, I think it should be your last resort. And a lot of times it's the, it's automatically the first option. I've, I've seen and heard it be the first option for so many people. And I feel like there's so many other things you can do besides automatically sitting somebody down. Um, so... Um, I do believe that it's a, it is a option. It is definitely a biblical option. But I also believe that we have to, that some people need to work through some things. Um, some of us need more guidance and counsel, not just a seat. Um, because if you're sitting down, you have to be listening. You have to be um, in a position where leadership is closer to you, not more distant. So um, my my view of sitting people down, and I'll get into it, um, is <laughs> it has to be it has to be changed. It has to be changed because I believe that it, it just does vary per person. So let's get into it. Is is has there ever been? Because I've been I've been set down before and, and I've and I, um and it's funny, I was talking to a pastor, a pastor, um he was preaching. He said, I don't trust too many pastors. I don't trust too many ministers who haven't been set down before. <laughs> and um, meaning that, you know, where's your experience of falling and getting back up? So, um I just wanna know, like, um when it comes to Things of um, children out of wedlock or uh, infidelity or any, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, certain memberships lacking, is sitting down your first option or are there certain things or, or there's a road to take before you even get there? Let's start with that. Sure, I'm glad I you you, you asked. But uh, <laughs> okay, so um, in my short tenure, I've definitely had to make some hard um, decisions, um, and uh, you have to go ahead and take out your emotions um, when making these these particular uh, decisions. Um, prime example: there was a, a time I had to sit down a leader uh, in the church for some um, behavior. Or some conduct that was not that was not right. Uh, one of the, the the hardest decisions that I had to go ahead and ever and make. And before I made that decision, um, keep in mind that you know obviously I did it with prayer, but I had to go ahead and get advice. And what I did is, as a young pastor, I didn't get advice from colleagues that were my my same age or colleagues that were uh, around the the same years in ministry as me. But I I went to a good old 
senior season pastor who was able mm-hmm. to go in and pour into me and make sure that I was thinking the, the right thing. Um, I gave the person the opportunity to be able to go ahead and to repent uh, and to uh, admit um, their wrongdoing, but it, it never happened because the Bible says and uh, that if you have an audit against your brother, you go to him without finding fault. And so um, I did that. I'm a firm believer in Matthew chapter 6. And so uh, that didn't happen. And so with much prayer, um, you know, I gave that person the opportunity to go ahead and resign and to sit down for a season. Um, That person refused to. So what I had to go ahead and do is I had to make a tough pastoral decision, put my emotions aside. This person was well-respected within the body of Christ. And so uh, what I did was this. I told that person they were going to be set down and removed um, from leadership, uh, which was tough, got a lot of backlash from, um, from the church. And so I told him this, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this in three stages. We're going to do it in the, in, in the spirit of reconciliation, consecration, and restoration. I'm going to say that again just in case somebody missed it reconciliation, consecration, and restoration. And so I wanted to get him to go through these, this, this period to, to let him know that he needs to, first of all, repent and reconcile himself. Consecration meaning that he needed to isolate himself where he can have that point, that period with, with, with God. Uh, and restoration was restoring him to the point that after he has gone through that period, back into the fold. Because right now he was... Uh, looked at, uh, uh, shamed upon, uh, upon the uh, 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 the sheep as someone that they could not trust, someone that they could not put back into the 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 the, uh, the fold. And what made me come up with that conclusion is reading the scripture where you know Moses went through that same process, you know uh, after he had uh, looked this way and that way the Bible says, and he went ahead and he killed the Egyptian. And he, he, he ran off. Moses had to go through a period of reconciliation. He went through the period of consecration when he went on Mount Sinai. And then restoration is God going ahead and restoring him back into his rightful uh, position as a leader, letting him know that even as a leader, you are, um, you're not perfect. And I think that, you know, um, that's the period where people uh, fail to realize that in, in, in ministry, we're, 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 even though they might hold the title as minister, as, as, as pastor, as elder, as reverend or deacon or whatever the case may be, still human. And it's our job to go ahead and restore them. What good is sitting someone down if you're not going to go ahead and um, put them in a position to be able to restore them? That's, that's our job. That's what Jesus wanted us to go ahead and do. And so, um, you know, through this, you know, I've, I've done this several times um, within my church. Um, it's not liked by many, but um, I believe it's the, it's the will, will of God. While other people may not like it because they're fans of that particular person, by the time I get through, that person understands and can come back and says, Pastor, I understand why you did what you did. I understood why I needed to be set down. And I thank you for protecting me because as a shepherd, and watch this. As a shepherd, when our sheep gets injured, it's our job to go ahead and uh, bandage their wounds and to carry them and to, to provide training and, and, and um, spiritual rehabilitation for them to go back in with the other sheep. Because there's other sheep that's going to be stronger than that, that one, and they may seem still a little weak. So, you know, what happens? Naturally, if, if you look at sheep, sheep, they go ahead and pick on other sheep, especially those that are weak. And so it was my job to go ahead and protect them from, uh, from, from other sheep and, and try to provide um, the best restoration process, you know, uh, steps uh, for them. All right. Um, so when, when, when you talked about restoration and you talked about protection, um, was there a moment where you kind of kept them closer uh, you pray with them more, you may have talked to them a lot more, or, or were you allowing them to sit out their time 
and then getting, you know, with them. What was that process like? Uh, I gave them a period of, uh, of consecration by, by themselves. Um, okay. I wanted to still see if they can serve without the title. Because Good. some people will not go ahead and serve without the title. Well, you took the title of such and such choir director away from me, or you took the, the title of music minister or deacon or, or minister away from me, and, and, or, and so I'm not going to go ahead and serve. But I wanted to go ahead and see, will they still serve God? Does God still mean that much to them? Are they here for the position, or are they here to go ahead and serve? And that's part of the reason, Doc, why I use the term servant leader, because before I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a servant leader first. And I put that ever before, the, you know, the, the people. But um, that's one of the things that I did. Throughout the restoration uh-huh. part, I did get a chance, the opportunity to go ahead and talk with them. We, we came up with a plan together to go ahead and bring them back. And what I would do is I would bring that person up and have them go ahead and pray or have them go ahead and do certain things to let them to let the sheep know that this is all right. We are slowly by sure restoring our brother and sister back into uh, into the into the fold. Okay. Um okay, so when when um we normally hear the term sit down, a lot of people look at it as a punishment. Um and I don't like the idea of looking at it as a punishment. It's a time to group, rethink, develop, mature. Um, do you think the idea of looking at it as a punishment or creating it or weaponizing it as a punishment, do we have to remove that from the way we handle things within ministry? Um, I think that the term punishment should be removed altogether. Um, I like the word discipline, correction, okay. training, um, because that's what we go ahead and we're supposed to do um, as as disciples. If you look at Jesus throughout the Bible, when the disciples made many mistakes, especially Peter, <laughs> made many mistakes, he never punished him. He used it as a training moment. He used it as a moment to go ahead and correct them. Yes, he rebuked them, but he never used that that term, analogy, as punishment. Um, and I don't think that we should be able to go ahead and, and use that that term, punishment. Uh, the Bible reminds us, and uh, I believe it says Second Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16, where it says, all, all scriptures God breathed and is used for correction and training and rebuking and, and training in righteousness so that mm-hmm. the man of God, woman of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that as long as you are lining up with the word of God, um, I think you, you uh, I know for a fact you can't go wrong. I'm not going to say think. I know for a fact you cannot go wrong because I've seen it. Um, where it has been positive and people have understood, and then I've seen it where it's been negative. And to be very frankly, Doc, there's people because I have discipline or set down who just, frankly, they just left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and as a leader, I, I just want to ask you this question. Your emotional attachment to membership, to those who you, who you lead is real. And I know for a fact it has to be real, especially to lead, but how hard it is for you personally to do these things. Doc, it's, it's hard. I mean, I'm going to say two things. One is um, I have family in church. (laughs) My my mother is the church clerk (laughs) and (laughs) to be able to have to go ahead and have a, a hard conversation, Doc, about tithes and offering, uh, you know, about that, um, the, to have to go ahead and even sometimes go ahead and, and talk to my sisters about, you know, certain things. It's, it's hard because when I, when I get done, uh, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes they don't look at me as, as Dr. Christmas or Pastor Christmas. They see me as well. Their brother, they're, right. they're, that's my my son, 
and and that is that is really hard, you know. Uh, Sunday dinner, trying to go out to the buffet, or uh, trying try to go bowling, or or do some kind of you know uh, other activity. Um, you know, there have been times where I have had to go ahead and do things where, you know, uh, my family had talked to me for a couple of days because they just didn't understand, you know, why. Um, and, and and that is that is hard. You know, um, it's a real hard thing. And, I, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I would tell them, hey, look, it, it's nothing personal, but this is what I have to do as a as a pastor. Mm. You know, um, there are things I can't go ahead and, and slide and, and let go by. I have to be the pastor to all people, and that's including you. And the day that you joined the church, you decided that you wanted Pastor William Christmas to be your pastor. And that's what I'm designed to go ahead and do. Now, I really want to ask this question. Has there ever been a moment where the decision you had to make, I understand, you know, you were bothered or frustrated, but did it hurt you? To be honest, yes. There, there's times that I have um, with one, it hurt me bad. And I, I came home and I, and I cried. And I was just, you know, I was in a sense like like Jesus in in the garden, Lord, let this cup pass because I knew, um, you know, what that person meant to me. Um, I knew what they had done to the uh, done for the church. Um, I took in a lot of different, you know, factors: the, the closeness that we um, have had, the the relationships, um, how that person has, um, you know, introduced me to the the church that I am. You know, um, you know, uh, uh, pastoring uh, was one of the hardest things to be able to go ahead and have to to, to deal with, um, and still to this day, you know, it 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 hurts, but it's it's necessary. Um, and you know, I, I come to understand, you know, as you even as a minister, you understand that part of ministry is suffering. Yeah, yeah, long suffering, and that's a fruit of the spirit. That, 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 you know, um, you know, when, when we, I, I was just teaching this, when we are baptized, we're baptized in three ways. We're baptized with water. We're baptized with the Holy, Holy Spirit, but we're also baptized in suffering. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that when, when the sons of Zebedee asked uh, Jesus, you know, when you enter into your father's kingdom, can you put one of us on the right and one of us on the left? And he says, you don't know what you're asking. You know, you don't know, and and so they 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 said, you know, Lord, we're 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 willing. They they was willing to go ahead and do whatever it took. He says, well, listen, you know, you will indeed drink from the cup that I'm going to drink from and be baptized with the same baptism I'm going to be baptized with. So that was letting us know that even through the suffering, we're going to go ahead and have that. And ministry is suffering. You know, during this whole thing, taking up our cross as ministers, as as laborers in the gospel, and even as just disciples for those that are listening out there, I want you to understand suffering is a one-way direction. <laughs> it leads to the cross. Yeah. You can't go backwards. <clears throat> and so I, I had to go ahead, and there was no turning back. I wanted to go ahead and o- overturn my decision. You know, um, you know, I've had I've had hate mail from the church. I've had people that had threatened me from the church. It was one of the hardest things to deal with, but I had to go ahead and do it. Wow. And like you said, you pastor, um, you have family members in in your church. Um, I know this is a sidebar conversation, but, but how hard it is, is it to have a congregation and your family inside that congregation and working with your family in the ministry, I know that has to be tough. How hard is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> at times, I'll be honest, it's, it's hard. Um, it's hard because, um, you know, they, they see what you're doing, um, and uh, they see sometimes in ministry how you're being treated. Right. And, and, and and they hate it, and, and family members want to square up. They want to fight. They want to throw blows. <laughs> they they ready to go ahead and call Cousin Shaniqua and Cousin Monique to go ahead and raise all kind of, you know, whatever. Um, and it's, it is hard. 
because, you know, they're sitting there at business meetings and watching other folks talk about their son, talk about their 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 brother, you know, whatever the case may be, their, their cousin, and it's and it's hard. Um, and uh, but I have to go ahead and re- remind them that this is uh, what I've been chosen and called to go ahead and do, and this is my cross I have to go ahead and bear. And while you may not like it, and you want to go ahead and cut pe- people's ears off like Peter, this is this is my this is my cross I have to go ahead and bear. Um, uh-huh. It's hard because you know. Um, I have to live my my life beyond the, the pulpit with them. Right. You know, in certain places, I just don't go. You know, certain things, yeah. I just don't do. Like, you know, prime example real quick is that, you know, I remember celebrating my mom's birthday. They wanted to go to the, you know, to go to the club. And I, I'm not just that type of person, you know. So, you know. Uh, and I'm known, you know, um, I've gone to places and think people didn't know me. And, hey, how you doing, Dr. Christmas? I'm like, oh, Jesus. You All the time. You know, and, I mean, time. it don't matter. I mean, I'm going out of state. Put it like this. I was on a cruise on a or on a boat, and I said, surely nobody don't know me out here. All of a sudden, hey, Pastor Christmas. I said, oh, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> so... <laughs> You have people, uh, you know, uh, everywhere, but it's it's hard. But my family understands that with what has helped is that my family understands that I'm human, that I um, that I make mistakes, and um, looking at them reminds me, you know, of that that I'm human, um, that I'm going to make mistakes, um, but it also reminds me, you know, uh, of the grace and mercy of God. To be honest, because they see me slipped up, they see me at my best, they see me at my worst. But, um, you know, they don't hold it against me uh, because they know that I'm trying to that. All right. Um, I, I like the fact that you, you, you said you were able to break things down into parts, uh, consecration, making sure that, that they're consecrated. The next thing that I love is that you said, I want to see you work without the title, um, you know, I've I've been on the receiving end of being disciplined inside of ministry, and but I've always been I've always been counseled. I've always had someone with me to kind of give me advice or tell me what to do, or um, even when I got into certain things or you know allow my mouth to get the best of me sometimes. All the time, um, I had somebody in my ear to talk to me and and give me certain gui- and give me guidance. Um, and a lot of people don't have it, man. When I tell you, I, I thought that everybody had mentors. Everybody had somebody who they could talk to in ministry when things got crazy. I, I just, I thought that was the golden standard. And then I started talking to other preachers, you know, and and, and fellow servants in the ministry. And I'm like, oh, so you're really out here by yourself. <laughs> you know, you you're really, you know, just you and God, huh? And it's hard. I'm very shocked at the level of leadership that don't have mentors, that don't have that that figure that they can call. I'm surprised, and and it's it's to the point now where you know eventually blind the blind start leading the blind. You know what I mean? So, um, right. you know, this is why I want to talk about tough decisions because, um, you know, maybe we're misguided in some areas. Maybe if we're not misguided, maybe we're, we're thinking about the principle and not thinking about the person. Like, so I want to really think about, I want us to really stop and think about, you know, how we make these decisions, how they affect everybody. And, um, Elder, don't don't think that um, you know Doc is going to take this whole hour. Uh, you know, don't think that that you know he just going to talk. Yeah, he going to talk, and you you're not going to say nothing, Elder. I'm still here. All right, so I want to talk to you because we're talking about tough decisions. I want to talk to you about um, as an elder. You are um, you 
your job is to take care of not just um, the church, but the leader. Taking care of leadership is a very hard job. I, I don't think people understand how difficult it is to keep, um, to, to help a leader, especially when they're a visionary and your job is to see the vision and then carry it out. And a lot of times visions may be said, but they're not always planned. So you have to take your leader's vision and then materialize it. Um, and there are some people who may not see what you see because they don't have the relationship that you have with leadership. So you have to make a lot of tough decisions. What is it like being the the guard, being the liaison, being um, the one that has to carry out uh, the vision of leadership or even, um, you know, direct the vision of the leadership. Tough is that? And have there been some tough decisions where you have to kind of like separate yourself from membership, you know, or you start to realize, oh, I'm not one of them all the time, or they put you in that category, or you're you're not one of us because you have to have a mandate that goes along with the pastor's vision. How hard is that? Um, <laughs> Lord, I'm trying to, I'm trying to word it correctly. Um, where it's, I do try not to be offensive sometimes. Um, <laughs> it can be very hard. Okay. Because with some with some leaders, they don't even know their vision. Uh-huh. So you have to try to take sometimes what it is that they say and try to go with it. Um, and then you come into the problem where you really don't know if uh-huh. this is really what you want, this is not what they want, you know, Today, they might be okay with it. Tomorrow, it might be an issue. And then you feel like that little kid that, you know, get to run around the house and do whatever they want. And as soon as company come around now, all of a sudden, you know, mommy want to pop them. And they're looking like, well, why you pop me? I did this. <laughs> I just did the same thing yesterday or last week or whatever. <laughs> so um, that can be very that can be very difficult when the vision is not plain. Okay. Um, right. Now, I do want to know, um, you know, because this this is what it is. Um, I always tell them you can't. Oh, I've had to learn the hard way. You can't play with them and play with them. Like that's just something that I had to learn the very hard way, and it's, it's some other lessons that I'm still learning. You can't pray with the membership and, and play with them. You got to pick one or the other. We're going to pray together or we're going to play. But um, in ministry, there has to be a certain level of distance without there being a disconnect. And that is extremely difficult. How do you do that as an elder where you know you have to have a distance from the membership? but you can't disconnect from them because you you need to liaise. You need to talk. Um, they, they hear the leadership's voice through your voice. So how does that work for you? Well, I mean, like the elders are kind to me are kind of like the sheepdog. You know what I mean? It, 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 you, go like what we do. you know, we, we, we make sure that, that they're cool, that they're not getting hurt by by the wolves on the outside. But we also help the leader. I don't want to say keep them in line. I don't think that's the right terminology, but I can't I can't uh, get my words together in regards to that part because I, I don't like the phrase like we're we're getting them in line. Um, the 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 elder has to have a relationship with the with the church. But they also have to have a relationship, you know, with the pastor. I can't be a, li- a liaison in between the two if I don't have a relationship with both. You know, um, I never 
I won't say I kept a distance from um, the congregation because the only way I can get to know the congregation is if I extend myself to them. Did I, there were things that I did not do with them. You know, there might be things that I will do, you know, with you or with Doc or with some other of of colleagues that I would never do with the congregation, you know, because you can't always let your hair down for everybody. No, not at all. You know what I'm saying? But there are times where, you know, like I said, if I'm in, in between, I'm trying to show, I'm trying to, to, to take the vision of the pastor and run with it. And then I'm trying to take the the complaints of the of the of the congregation, um, and bring them back to the pastor in a way where both can understand where both is coming from. Because to be mm. quite honest, I am a part of the vision, but I'm also a part of the congregation. Right. Right. So I have to help help one understand the other, and a lot of mm. times. Sorry, leaders, but a lot of times leaders get offended when the elders come back and say, hey, listen, you know, the congregation feels like this because sometimes you don't want to hear that something you may be doing is bothering the sheep. Right, right. Hmm. And and have you ever had to make that call before? Oh, yeah, I've had to make that call a couple times. <laughs> And how did it go? How did it go? It's just the truth, you know. Sometimes you you just got because even if you're even if you have a a friendship outside of of the church walls with the pet with the pastor or even with some of the congregants, when it's time to come as elder, you know, I have I have to do that. Hey, listen, I'm coming to you as Elder Cooper. I'm not coming to you as Elisha. You know, I'm not coming to you as as um, whatever other name you might have for me, I'm coming to you as Elder Cooper, and this is the problem. This is the problem that we're seeing. And a lot of times I just have to digress and throw my hands up and say, hey, listen, at the end of the day, I'm just the elder. I'm just I'm, I'm just telling you what I know, but, you know, I don't know as much as you because you're the pastor. There's sometimes I've had to say that. <laughs> I've had to say that, you know, and when, it, when what I try to explain don't happen, you know, it it literally happened the way I said it, and they come back to me, and they're just like, you know, I'm so sorry you had to find out that way. Mm-hmm. Like, All right, I so I'm going to ask you another question. I'm going to ask you another question because this is important. Um, have there ever been a member you tried to really help, you tried to save, you saw them going in the wrong direction, and you knew that your leader, your pastor, um, if they didn't make certain corrections, it would eventually have to step in. So what you try to do is you try to, uh, you know, help them out before they even got that far. Have you ever had that scenario? I want to I wanna ask you, did it work out? Did it work out? And were there times when it didn't work out and why and what happened? Okay, so are you asking me, has there... I want to make sure. Right. I Has there ever been a situation where you tried to help a member before it got to the pastor's hands? So I mean, to well, technically speaking, before it gets to the pastors, it should come to the elders. Okay, but I'm just saying, um, have you anything mediocre, or I don't want to say everything is mediocre, but anything that that the elders can handle is almost like it's almost like the the supervisor. Before it goes to the big boss, it got it goes through the supervisor. And if right. the supervisor can't handle it, then the supervisor takes it to their boss. Um, for the most part, I was able to handle a lot of situations without taking it, you know, taking it to the pastor. But there have been a few times that I had to be like, hey, listen, you know, I got to take this a little step further. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I personally, me personally, I don't, I try to avoid it, get into the pastor if I can. But... Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've had I literally I'll give you an example. I had one member that I was trying to help, and I mean trying to help any way that I possibly could. But then this this member started getting um, possessive and territorial, and mm. it got 
so bad that I almost, um, I actually had to have a conversation where we had to possibly hire um, security because oh, that's wow. how deep the situation got. You know, um, I had to, to block the member from everything, my phone, my email, Facebook, you name it. I had to block it, you know, because they had got to the place where they felt as though I wasn't supposed to to help nobody else. I wasn't supposed to minister to nobody else. I wasn't supposed to be there for nobody else. And when I say nobody else, I'm talking about even my children. Wow. So um, there have been times where I had to do that. And um, and then there were times where I regretted not taking it to leadership when it was first brought to my attention because I thought I could handle it. Mm. And it ended up backfiring on me versus, you know, it being, it being rectified the way it should have been. And had I just said something from the beginning, um, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have blew up the way it is. Mm, mm, I like that. All right. So, so there's been moments where you were trying to sting grace and it just blew up in your face, right? So as an elder, you know, you talked about finding yourself in the middle all the time. Like you're, you're part of the vision, but you're also a part of the congregation. Um, when do you ever feel like, you know what, have you ever had a moment where you felt like this too much, this is, this is too much? Because I'm getting it from both sides. <laughs> like, you know, I'm having a trouble with membership. I'm having trouble with leadership. I'm getting it from. Have you ever had that moment? I believe I have. <laughs> you know, forget everybody. I don't want to talk to none of y'all. Don't call me. Lose my number. You know, my resignation to be on the on the table. Before you get to church, it'll already be there, and I've already been going. Um, and so I've I've had that moment. I've had that moment um, because what what also ends up happening, unfortunately, as the elder and as the one who's kind of in the middle, um, you can what you do and how Hold you. On, wait a minute, yeah. Wait a minute, real quick. I'm sorry. We have a caller. I don't mean to cut you off. We have a caller. I want to let that caller come through. Okay. Come on, Carla. Are you with us? Yes, praise the Lord. I'm enjoying the um, topic tonight, but I have a question for, you know, pastors and those who are in leadership. You're talking about working with family. What do you do when your pastor is showing nepotism to family members, which means, of course, Mm -hmm. that, you know, they're treated differently than all the others that are in leadership? You know, what are you Mm -hmm. supposed to do? Like, all you're in leadership, but they're treating their families different or they're holding other leaders more accountable than they do their family members. What are you supposed to do? Well, two things. One is this. Um, I would go ahead and say the first thing is that I would go ahead and follow the rules in Matthew 6. That's Mm -hmm. uh, basically saying if you have an order against your brother, you go to to hell in the 16th chapter. Uh, Number the second thing is this, is that, um, you know, you would have to go ahead and as cliche as it sounds, um, you have to take those burdens to the Lord. Um, you, you, you really have to go ahead and do. Um, I have had uh, that with, um, dealt with that personally. And um, I have never complained to my pastor mm-hmm. about certain things, but mm-hmm. I have watched God work through my pastor to go ahead and make a change, if that makes sense. Um, you may not get the results that you want right away, um, but, you know, having a conversation about how you feel, an honest conversation about how you feel, depending on your leader um, and how you say it, uh, it's not more so what you say, but it's how you say it, um, you know, that, could, that can honestly go a, a, long, a long way. Uh, caller, caller, okay. first. Can I get your name again, please? Sure. Um, yes, it's Trina. 
All right. Hi, how are you? Um, Hi, I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, um, as far as favoritism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I can, just, just, um, you can give us a blanketed scenario, but what do you, sure. can you, can you give us a, a example of what do you mean by favoritism? Sure. Um, so for people who are in leadership, right, you know, we're supposed to go right. to church on time, we're supposed to come to Sunday school, be a Bible study, et cetera. But, you know, right. when you have, you know, family members that are in leadership, they're not doing that. But right. yet they're preaching on Sunday, you know, they're being um, introduced as their title. But then those who are, right. like, faithful in ministry, they're not treated the same, you right. know. Um, they're, they're told to come up and, and, and do X, Y, and Z, and they're not being able to preach because they feel the pastor think as though they're not, you know, coming up or, you know, doing what they think that, you know, the pastor thinks that they should be doing. But yet then you see the, like I said, family members that are not being held to the same standard. Right, right. Um, can I can I yeah. say something? Yeah, right. Sure. Um. The, the, to, to reiterate in a way what, what Dr. Christian said, the number one thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes now I'm I'm talking about from I'm talking from the elder standpoint. I'm not talking about the from the pastor standpoint. Um, sometimes when you're in leadership, what you start to recognize when you pray is that your leader don't even recognize that they're doing what you see. Um, mm, I Okay. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it's the truth. When you're, when you're so entangled in a situation right, or family, with people, right. mm-hmm. you have right. a tendency mm-hmm. to overlook some of the things that you're, you're actually doing. Right. Um, so the first thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to pray. Sometimes when you are an elder minister or another leader in the church, the pastor really don't want to hear correction from you because they'll hit you with, you know, your title and remind you that you're underneath them. So sometimes what mm-hmm. you have to do is ask God to bring somebody in that don't know about the situation and have them minister to the church, to the body, to the pastor, so their eyes can be open. You know, it's almost like you you ever you ever walk into a house and it stinks, okay. but everybody mm-hmm. but everybody in the house don't smell it. Mm-hmm. It's because they're used to it; they've become immune to it. So the thing that you smell, they can't smell. It has to be someone else from the outside that say, hey, listen, you stink. <laughs> and some things need to be changed. Right. So, But here's you know. the thing, too, though. So, so if someone's in leadership, right, and they mm-hmm. say that they're, that they're hearing from the Lord and they walk in to get the prophecy, right, shouldn't they know that mem- – I'm not just speaking for myself now, other members – Shouldn't they be able to discern or hear from the Lord that the members are have a dissension of what's going on? How you know they they're seeing the favoritism or they're seeing things like that? So why should you? I know we pray, you know we do, but so are you saying that they're not aware of that because the Lord's not revealing that to them? Not necessarily because the Lord can reveal something and we not we not pay attention to it. You have mm-hmm. to realize something. Somebody can tell you your child is bad all day long, but right. when you're in the presence of your child, your child acts totally different. Mm-hmm. That don't mean you lack discernment. That means you don't see it. Or you see it and you just don't want to correct it because they're your child. That's true. <laughs> but a lot of times the, the, issue, the issue in the church is this. We get up under a pastor. We see what's going on. Instead of praying for our leader, we talk about our leader. Instead of asking God to reveal to our leader what is going on wrong, we try to figure out a way to 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 minimize what or to to make what they're doing more of a more of an issue. 
what I'm what I'm suggesting, whoever the member, you know, whoever the member is that, that is dealing with this situation, is definitely pray for your leader, because a lot of times family members are the ones who can easily manipulate the leader. True. And I'm talking from experience. I'm not talking from. I'm I'm, I'm telling you what I know. It's not that God. It's not that God can't reveal. It's not that God won't reveal. It's just sometimes they can't see. They can't see or hear God because they're too blinded by what's going on or who the people are that they're dealing with. So you definitely have to pray. Definitely have to pray. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot because I don't want to know if it's you or if it's somebody else that you're asking a question for. But I will say this, and I, I say this, I say this a lot. If you see that the pastor is wrong and you find yourself in a position where you can't pray for them, you can't receive from them, you can't respect them, then you need to go to God and ask God to show you what you need to do, so that That's you good. can one change towards their leader and respect the leader for who they are and, and, and still lift them up. Even though what you see that they're doing something um, that you know shouldn't be done, or you're going to have to break yourself off from that leader and ask God where to plant you. Those are your only two options. Right. I, you know, I, I the hear training is definitely the case. Can I also say, I want to, I want to piggyback from a, a pastoral perspective too. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in the mind frame of a pastor, and I'm just speaking for myself, it's hard. Most of the time as a pastor, we see it. But you, you the, the, what, what others don't fail to realize is the hell that we catch behind the scenes for not doing what we need to do for them in public. Mm-hmm. So what happens is this, is that the congregation sees all of this, like, oh, my God, you know, look at what he's done or look at what she's done. She's, he's allowing this to happen. He's allowing it to happen. But you don't see behind the scenes them catching all the hell at home, at the table, and all those other different things. I'm, can, I, can I just tell on myself, is that all right tonight? I'm going to tell on myself. My ex-wife, um, I have been put in situations where, you know, um, I know she should not have been doing certain things that I've allowed her to do in the church. But because of the hell that I was catching at home, I've made wrong decisions and have allowed her to go ahead and go through it. Knowing that it was wrong, getting mm-hmm. or hearing maybe not directly complaints from the congregants, but doing these other particular things. So I say this, it's not like, you know, some pastors don't see it. It's just that's the human side, that they are put in a rock, in a hard place. And sometimes it is very difficult to make sound decisions. It is hard to be able to go ahead and make sound, biblical, righteous decisions when you hear the voice of the world. It's sometimes hard to hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And that's the part, the side of ministry that folks don't see as, right. as, a, as a leader. That's the side that they don't go ahead and see. Oh, oh, you, you, you're not going to go ahead and, and, and let me do this? Watch and wait mm-hmm. what happens. There's yeah. not going right. Yeah, I agree with that because I used to teach when I taught Sunday school and my daughter was in my Sunday school class, and I made the point not to call on her all the time because I didn't want the other teachers to feel bad, you know, so I was aware of that, you know. But I hear what everyone's saying, and like I said, you know, it, it, it's something that's coming up in our congregation, and, you know, a lot of uh, members are speaking about We are praying for them. We are. We're praying for the parents and for the family. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I want to encourage you tonight. I, w- I want to encourage you by taking the time to be able to go ahead and just say, Pastor, I want to take the time to go ahead and pray with you. I want to let you know that I'm praying for you, and I want to take the time that I'm 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 praying with you because whether you believe it or not, us pastors, we we look for that sometimes from our sheep. We look that for sometimes from our 
our colleagues in, in ministry. I look for that at times at my, my, my associates. I'll never forget my one associate who went down on her knees and just literally prayed, prayed for me um, because um, she didn't know what I was dealing with. And I just began to just bust out in tears. Um, mm-hmm. We need that. We need that type of encouragement because of all that we deal with. Not saying everybody else doesn't deal with what they're dealing with, but we're put at such a, a, a high level as, as ministers, as pastors, as elders and leaders that, you know, people don't realize that, you know, the, the, the hell that we go ahead and catch behind the scenes. So I would encourage right. you tonight to go ahead and to do that. And, and ask God, what role can I play in his or her life or your pastor's life to be able to go ahead and to, to help them? How can I be right. the best associate? How can I be the best disciple to them? What is it that you need me to go ahead and do? At this time, you know, use me. One thing that God is, is, wants to do is use people that's available. So I encourage you to make yourself available to God, and he'll give you the answers that you need in order to deal with that particular situation. All right. So uh, real quick, um, uh, real quick, um, because I see the time is changing. It's getting, getting late. But um, I do want to pray for you real fast before you get off this phone. Um, because I want to pray for your peace. I want to pray um, for, you know, that internal battle that you have. Um, And I also want to pray for your leader. Um, We want to make sure that we consider the the emotions or the feelings of everybody at hand. Um, So let's pray real fast. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you because the concerns of the sheep um, are, are, are worrying the congregation and and God we pray for that body we pray for that leader uh, we pray that the, the the wool be taken off the leader's eyes but we also pray that the that the members see the heart of their leader they see the emotional struggle of their leader and that they're able to come together in unity and create a better, a better body. Um, God, we pray for our caller um, that she creates a purpose out of this, that God, you give her purpose out of this, that you give her um, a vision out of this. God, what would you have her to do in this moment? We are all called to be light to darkness. So God, this right now, this is her perfect opportunity to be a light. So God, allow her to shine in her church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 All right. Um, I'm definitely glad we got that caller. Um, guys, like I said, the hour is late. Uh, we missed the call of salvation, but we're going to do that real fast. Um, for those who are listening, I just want to point out this this one fact. It is difficult not just to be a member but also to be a leader. So many leaders have have made a lot of mistakes. We have I've done so many different things. We had done all the right things, and they still felt wrong. Um, so I want to first extend the call of salvation to everybody who wants to see Jesus Christ or wants to have Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Uh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I I thank you for everybody who's listening. We believe that every time we do this show, somebody gets saved. We believe that they receive the the, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That they that they understand that Jesus Christ died and rose for their sins, and He's coming back for them. And they recognize that they are a sinner. And you are the only way that they'll have eternal life. So they have that recognition right now. They've made that confession right now. And and because they've made that confession, God, we believe that a lost soul has gotten saved. Uh, Now, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray for every leader, every leader who is dealing with life, that, God, you begin to manifest something in their lives that they get boldness, that they get strength, 
that they uh, that they begin to grow and mature and make the tough decisions. And God, whatever comes after they make the decision, they stand on righteousness. They stand on holiness before anything else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, before we leave, because we're about to wrap this thing up and we're going into archives, I believe we're going, already going into archives. Um, I want to bring on the pastor toy, if she doesn't mind, and just to see what's on her heart. And then we're going to wrap this thing up. I'm going to get a couple of things in, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Pastor, are you with us? Yes, I am. I, I just bless and praise God for you guys this evening. <laughs> For the topic of conversation this evening, um, I needed it. I don't know about anybody else, <laughs> but I needed this conversation this evening. So I thank and I bless God for all of you, and it, it and I will piggyback on righteousness or trying to walk in the righteousness of Christ. The, the word of God says his Holy Spirit will keep you, but it did not say it was going to be easy. So <laughs> I thank yeah. and praise God for um, that that keeping power of the Holy Spirit. We thank and praise God for each and every one who joined in with us this evening for the 1,477th episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. We invite you to join back with us Saturday evening. We will be broadcasting again Saturday evening at 8 p.m. with the Turning Point with the host uh, Elder Charles and Reverend Maureen Lee. So that um, they will be coming with to us, I'm sorry, Saturday evening at nine. I mean at 8 p.m. right here on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. Join us tomorrow evening at 8 p.m. to hear a rebroadcast of the healing hour with the topic when you have to make tough decisions in ministry it will be rebroadcast on radio co tomorrow evening at 8 p.m on our new radio station at pknradio.com um our app will be being released this coming monday so we thank and praise god for that You can find it in the Google Play Store. We just thank and bless God for all of our faithful listeners. We praise God for that soul that gave their life to Christ this evening. Wonderful word, and the ministry is back in your hands, Reverend Art. Oh, man. All right. So I just want to just leave you guys with this one thought in the scripture. Uh, 1 Peter uh, 1, verses 2 says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of the Father through sanctification of the spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Um, before we even get to the, uh, you know, the elect and the foreknowledge and the sanctification and all that stuff, and, and we have to understand that we are all given the same blood. We are all giving grace and peace and it has to multiply so the same grace the same peace that you would have for yourselves i want you to have that for your leaders because they need peace they need grace they need to feel like the same blood that you were given the same blood that died for you died for them too because uh, the Bible lets us know that we're going to be judged different, not just by God, but by the world. We're going to be judged different. And it's up to membership to understand that we need grace, too. We need uh, to feel like we can get peace, too. But we also have to take in consideration our members, that every decision we make affects them, how we live, how we talk, how we approach situations, it all affects the body. And we have to do it as a team, that this is a team effort. This isn't an individual situation. This isn't an individual process. 
for every leader that has to make tough decisions, that has to step outside of who they are and and, and sometimes uh, dig deep and, and call some things out and correct and, and do all those things. Uh, I pray for your peace. I pray for your strength. I, I even encourage you right now that uh, even when nobody else is talking to you, God is smiling at you. And uh, I thank God for my co-hosts on this evening, Elder Alicia Cooper and uh, Dr. Christmas. Doc, you want to say anything before we get out of here? Blessings and favor. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All that. That's how you go in. <laughs> Elder, anything you got to say before we get out of here? Um, I think I think we talked enough tonight. God bless you. Good night. Oh, wait, Can't wait, I, wait, 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 wait. I do got something to say. I do got something to say. What? Next show. What? Next show is going to yes. be so dope. Okay. We got a kid coming yeah. yeah. next show. <laughs> yes, please stay tuned to all the shows on PKN. All the shows on PKN. <laughs> what is, what is, what, who is our guest for the next show? So we have uh, Junior Chris, Junior Junior Deacon Christopher is going to be with us from Ebenezer. Oh Baptist my God! Church. Yes. All right. His so, mom was with uh, us on the yes. show. Yes. Yes. All right. So. Um, his mother was on the last show, and, and we, we were talking about her book, uh, uh, meeting meet, meet Mason. Mason. All right. So she has a son, who is. They call him Deacon, but this boy can preach. We're going to have him on the next show, so be prepared uh, to meet Christopher. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm so excited about that. Um, Can't wait to see you guys next time on The Healing Hour. God bless you. Love you. May God be with you. Jesus bless. He raised me. I will he saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me, I 